Well, welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We have a great show for you today. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. Shane, how are you doing today? Mike, I'm doing fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, just, just doing well. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You look well. Thank you. Uh, you're not in any type of, uh, just a regular plaid shirt today. You're not in like your mountain man cabin, no. cabin stuff. Sometimes you come to the office and you bring your ax. You, you got one of those right. hats with a blue flats. ox. A blue ox. You bring them right I, in. I it, we've had some issues. Shoot. It, I don't know. We've had to take the door off when that happens, but I can tell it's not quite winter time at that's the it. Bishop Cabin. Yet. Yeah, that's the key. Because, Mike, I don't know about you, but I dress seasonally, right? Mm-hmm. So upstairs in my room, I keep all of my in-season clothes. Downstairs, I keep all the off-season clothes, as well as okay. some off-season clothes in containers. So this week, I understand that here in beautiful Southern Illinois, mm-hmm. we're going to go from... 90s down to the 60s, right? Because we used to have seasons and now we have two, summer and winter. So summer is going to quit this week. Winter is going to start. I will switch clothes around. So when I do, you're going to get more of a taste of the lumberjack look. So I would say during the summer, I look more urban and urbane. And in the winter, a little more, uh, a little more rustic, if you will. Will you grow the beard out this year? No, I'm not growing the huge beard out I, this year. That beard was was majestic. It was and it was iconic, you, really. Can you believe though that you grew a beard out that big? Well, uh, that especially around Christmas of all times. No, I have this theory that everyone running through their head has about a, a foot of hair, and in my case, I grew the beard out long, and it sucked all the hair oh, off of my head. So a little regret. A little, no, a lot of regret, really. Uh, so I really ended up with this massive beard that I sort of accumulated really during the pandemic. During the yeah, and then it occurred and, to me. And you got the cabin too. I got it the was cabin. Awesome. Yeah, you got the look. It right? was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was really fun for a while, and then and then I don't know. I I think life is sort of this process of reinventing yourself and. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, I just thought, you know what? Let's trim the beard. Yeah. Let's uh, let's not always dress like I'm, I'm lost in the Rocky Mountains. Well, well speaking uh, of kind of reinventing yourself, I know you've been an author for a while, but these last couple of years, you've been writing a lot. Uh, and one of the new books you have, you have a new trail guide coming out, right? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm really excited. This year, of all the crazy things, I've had three books published this year. We, we had That's Good News, which was on evangelism, The Ping Life, which is just living a, a joyful Christian life. And the third trail guide is, is coming out on First Peter. And so the trail guides are just verse-by-verse verse journeys through the Bible, uh, through books of the Bible, they're using uh, kind of like being a guide through a trail as a metaphor. But we go verse by verse. Uh, th- these are kind of, I, I, my goal in writing them was to write commentaries for regular people that were so engaging they couldn't put them down. And that's sort of the, the theme for the trail guide. So First Peter's going to be released in November. Where can people find it, Shane? I guess everywhere yeah. would sort of be the answer. Uh, you know, they're on some bookstore shelves and they're not on some bookstore shelves, but all of the online platforms uh, ranging from Barnes & Noble to Amazon to Walmart, all of those kind of places that you can look online uh, would have uh, The Ping Life, they would have That's Good News, and they would have this trail guide. They may even have some of my previous books as well. 
All right, Shane, let's move to our content for today. Our content is based off some of Shane's writings. You can find a couple places for your writings. For You're writing all the time, Shane. I do. I you, write a lot. You, you write a lot. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you search Facebook for Rev Shane L. Bishop, his professional page, you can find this writing and others on it, this content and other content. And then you could go to uh, RevShaneBishop.com as well. Shane writes uh, a lot there. All right, Shane, the word that we need to start out with today is enough. That's our word today. The word, the today, word for the day the word is, is enough. Is enough. When I hear the first heard the word enough, I don't know if I have a positive connotation that comes with it. Yeah, what, it's a neutral platform for me, you yeah. know, because I could be frustrated and say I've had enough. Sure. But I also could be absolutely full of Thanksgiving dinner and and say, and say I, I, no thanks I've had enough. Had enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's a neutral platform for me I see a, there's a Christian song that I love by Passion that came out in the early 2000s uh, and I think it was more than enough talking about yeah. God how you are more than yeah. enough for me so that's kind of one of the more positive uh, ideas I have with that word can you share a little bit with us about uh, what we're going to go through today well well enough is a really interesting word for me and I, I'm kind of a word guy so I think about words a lot. When we can stand no more, we might declare we've had enough or enough already. When things are going well, we might say we can't get enough. I have become convinced that the Christian living in a fallen world will never be righteous enough or holy enough or pure enough or godly enough if that means we need no more of these divine attributes in our lives. But I think there's this other sense of enough that sets that sits between the extremes of excess. These are the kinds of enough, they're in keeping with the prayer Christ prayed when he said, give us this day our, our daily bread. You know, give us enough for today. So I kind of centered these thoughts around some enoughs that, that kind of keep us going and hold us steady kind of enable us to maintain spiritual mm, okay. equilibrium in our lives. Uh, to kind of use my thought, the kind of enoughs that keep you sane. Okay. Yeah. And, and I hear you saying that there's a balance as well with this enough, right? Yeah. And and a way of contextualizing our life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so these are some thoughts around how do we find that spiritual equilibrium? And I just use the word enough uh, to, to give us some context for it. Perfect. So let's go into the content. First of all, you said, basically, we need to be close enough to hear his voice. Can you share with us about that? Yeah, I think we talked about the Ping Life, the, the, the book that I had released this year. And one of the whole ideas is just hearing and heeding the pings, distinguishing mm -hmm. the big V voice of God from the little V voices that rattle in our ears. I think that's a task of, of every Christian, learning to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep, they know me, yeah. they, they hear my voice. I know from being an athlete, you, you could be in a gym that was packed full of people. You could be playing on the court and everybody's screaming, but you can still yeah. hear your coach's voice. Oh, wow. You're, you're tuned in yeah. to that. So I want to live close enough to God to hear his voice. And, and I believe that through study and prayer and discipleship, just walking with God, we learn to hear his voice. So the first enough, if we're really going to have a, mm -hmm. a, a balanced 
Christian life with some equilibrium. We need to live close enough to God to hear his voice. You know, sometimes uh, I think that we start to struggle so much we can no longer hear the voice of God. I read this story recently, Shane, that really spoke to me. It's about these two. These guys were like in their 20s. They were uh, working for a logging company. And every once in a while, they would jump on these logs that were supposed to go down the river and kind of hang out on those logs at the end of the day. Well, the story goes that there was a guy named David and Peter. They jump on the logs, and the rapids get so tumultuous, uh, they fear for their lives. One guy jumps off the log. I think it was David jumps off the log. He actually was a college swimmer. He makes it to shore, right? He starts screaming at Peter, who's on the log, and starts freaking out. Peter's he's swimming as fast as he can, as hard as he can. He can't get off to the shore. David keeps uh, screaming and screaming, and then I guess like 30 or 40 yards up uh, the river, the rapids are going to get super intense and even there's like almost like a, a drop off and so he thinks he's going to probably die he Don't eventually go for just, waterfall yeah he thinks he thinks he's going to die and he just kind of gives up but when he does that he finally hears what david was saying the whole time stand up stand up and sure enough he stood up it was about waist uh, waist high and he was able to get to the shore and i think sometimes we're struggling so much shane that it's hard for us to hear god's voice and sometimes we just got to stop and stand up he's been yelling the whole time but we've just gotten ourselves uh out of us you know we're just off balance yeah i think sometimes we just get our heads down we, we get so caught up in what we're doing we get so buried inside our own heads that we just we just stop listening to the voice of God. And a lot of times those instructions are really not real complicated. It may just be stand up. <laughs> that easy. All right, Shane, here's a next thought that you're bringing to us. Uh, be obedient enough to respond to his leading. That's profound. That, or that's interesting to me. What, what do you mean by that? Well, we talk about pings. Uh, you got to hear it and then you got to heed it, right? So when we hear God's voice, I think when we get that ping, it always throws us into a crisis of faith. Uh, reading the Bible, people think they read the Bible to get all their questions answered, but really what reading the Bible seriously does is throw you through this, almost this rapid, this gauntlet of crises, because you, you constantly come to these crossroads where you have to <laughs> obey God or disobey. You either have to think the way you've been thinking or change how you been thinking. You either have to change the way you're living or or live the way you're living. And and so these crises, we have to obey or, or disobey. Mm. And one of the things I find really ironic is a lot of people ask God for direction. And then when God gives it, they're unwilling to take that path once that he mm. makes it clear. So it's not just living close enough to hear his voice. It's, it's being obedient enough to respond to his leading. Wow, that's that's rich. Uh, so obedient enough. To, and you know, one of the things that I start to think about there is that we just got to be obedient enough. Yeah. We don't have to be this superhuman Christian. Right. Right. Uh, when you said that whole thing about gauntlet, they're going through the scriptures. Gosh, there, that, that Bible pushes on me, Chain. Yeah. <laughs> that Bible pushes on me again and again. But yeah, it's, it's coming to that point of being obedient enough. Uh, a couple like when Nora was two, my older daughter was two years old. We were in the living room at the at the house, and we were just playing in the living room together, having a good time. And then I picked her up, uh, where her legs were kind of around uh, my stomach area, and I started going around in circles mm -hmm. with her. And I told her whenever we were going around in circles, I said, "Hey, honey, uh, let go, let go." And I had my arms around yeah. her. 
And she's like, no, daddy, no, daddy, I don't want to let go. And I said, honey, let go. So we're going in circles. And eventually it was so cool to see her just let go yeah. and just be a child and have fun. Yeah. Uh, and I thought a little bit about the father's voice, about you know the trust that happens with being obedient. And when that was done, I almost threw up. But, <laughs> but, uh, but overall, you know, I do think that's an illustration about how we just got to be obedient enough to trust God that he's got us. Yeah, and I think it's a really uh, powerful image because – you're not going to obey if you don't trust. You know, the, the, the old song they used to sing when I was growing up was trust and obey. Uh, but <laughs> you can flip that, that around as well. Uh, if I don't trust you, I'm not going to do anything you tell me. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take, you take somebody that's terrible with money and they give you financial advice. I'm going to do nothing they tell me. I mean, nothing. They, what would they know? Uh, but part of it is, is hearing God's voice and then realizing that you can trust him enough to be obedient. You know, we were in a capital campaign a few years back, and uh, I was praying about what Melissa and I should do in response to the capital campaign. And I got a, a figure that was way beyond anything rational. I mean, it's just way beyond anything rational. And so the first thing you want to ask yourself is, can I afford this? But that's the wrong question. The right question is, did I cr- properly hear God? If I properly heard God, then I can trust that God will make a way. So we made a a pledge beyond anything we could have afforded. But because we heard God, we were able to meet that pledge. So for me, a lot of it is just being able to trust God enough Hmm. that what he asked me to do, we're going to be able to make it happen. I love that. All right. Our next thought here is holy enough to be authentic. What do you got, Shane? You know, I, I think... A lot of my life, and it may just be a, a boomer thing, you know, but a lot of my life, you, you just sort of, you, you kind of just become a hard nose, you know. By gosh, we're just going to get it done. Shut stinking up, you know. And I, I've had so many times when things were just going bad here, you know, and it's just like, give me the ball. Just give me the stinking ball. I, you, nobody else wants to carry it. I'll carry it. You know what I mean? It, it's just it's just leaning in. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm growing to see here in my early 60s is it's not about being tough. It's, it's just being holy enough to, to be authentic. Uh, we'll never be perfect, but I do think we can be authentic. And I think I'm kind of learning at this stage in my life that nobody can really relate to someone who's a 24-7 hard nose. Mm. But being open and honest and, and human mm-hmm. not only places us in need of God's grace every day, but it also gives other people permission yeah. to be honest and open and human and to live in a position of needing God's grace. So I guess I'm at a point now where I would rather live on this plane of being holy enough to be authentic than with some exaggerated sense of my own self-righteousness mm-hmm on one hand, and, and on the other hand, just feeling like I got to be so stinking hard-nosed and tough all of the time. There, there's something freeing about being sure. holy enough to be authentic. Well, I love what you just said, because that is a part of who you are, Shane. Like, you are a hard-nosed, give-me-the-ball type there of thing. There is and a, a that. That's a positive yeah. thing. But I also hear, I, here's what I'm hearing, is that you feel invited in other parts of you uh, 
to be authentic in a, in, in a different way as you go through, you know, maybe what some would call sanctification or growing yeah. your faith or something like that. And I also think there are just occasions where I've had to come to realize that occasionally being vulnerable doesn't take away from your leadership oh, okay. equity. Sure. Well, it might have been the last generation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, being vulnerable yeah. often just makes you real. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something to which people can relate. And I know, Mike, and you and I, I probably the, the show that we've done that got listened to the most was this Boomer Millennial show yeah. that we did. But one of the things I'm learning as a, as a Boomer leader I'm the very youngest of the boomers, technically. You know, the, the 1962 is like the youngest of the boomers. And I was born in 62, but boy, do I have the uh, boy, do I have the characteristics. But one of the things I'm I'm finding is that as I am more comfortable, uh, just with being authentic, being being open at times, even being vulnerable, sharing uh, my own struggles and, and my own journey, that uh, younger leaders respond pretty well to that. Mm. And we, I think when I was growing up, you know, our coaches never would give us anything vulnerable at all. The coach was all-knowing. The coach was God of the gridiron, you know. There, there were no <laughs> mistakes. You questioned nothing. Yeah. Uh, I just find that at this point in, in my life as an older leader, that the more authentic I get, hmm. the more effective I become in leading that next generation. And part of leading the next generation is being somebody they can relate to. All right, Shane, final thought for today. You said powerful enough to have others follow. What do you mean? Well, man, if you're going to be a leader, there's going to be somebody following you just on a walk, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We were at a No Greater Love Ministries uh, 50th year celebration of evangelism trips to the New Orleans Mardi Gras. And we were telling some old war stories. And a buddy of mine named Jim Murphy was uh, recounting this this horrific story about uh, one, two of our guys tried to take a shortcut. They ended up in a housing project in, in downtown uh, New Orleans and uh, they were shot and mm. uh, they lived but uh, robbed and shot. It was a horrible situation. Wow. And you heard, you heard things were really bad inside. We were about 50 yards away, but we were on the street. Wow. And when somebody from that project came out and they said, they've got one of your guys, because we all had these hats on. And so they, she said, they've got one of your guys. Well, me and Jim Murphy just started sprinting into the, the battlefield, as it, as it turns out. And one of the things Jim was recounting over the weekend was he thought everybody was behind us. But when we actually got into the situation, it was just me and Jim. It was just me and Jim. Hmm. And one of the things I, I've probably learned throughout my life is if you want to be a hero, go in when no one else will. But if you want to be a leader, take other people with you. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about it, uh, I want to have God's power in my life. Uh, We don't need a hero in Christianity. We've got one. His name is Jesus Christ. Mm. I just want to be a leader. And I want to have God's power in my life to to a point that others trust me, Mm. 
to lead them. And, and I do think that some of those old war, war stories, you know, people may say, well, you know, Shane, you and Jim Murphy are three quarters nuts, but at least you got some guts. <laughs> well, I guess there's some truth to that, and it does give you a little credibility. Sure. But at the end of the day, I, I want to have enough of God's power in my life that uh, people trust me as a leader and feel like they can follow me, and in doing so, they're also following Christ. That is a really cool story. First time I ever heard that story, Shane. Yeah, it, to be honest with you, it, I heard some of parts of that for the first time over the weekend. Okay. Yeah, we knew those guys got beat up. We we knew that they were in the hospital and, and a lot of things, but uh, they never told us that uh, got shot. And so, uh, I mean, heard shots. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you sometimes maybe you don't even realize what a jam you're in, in in the heat of that moment. But uh, maybe even now I appreciate God's deliverance in ways I couldn't. That's interesting thought. Back then, yeah. Yeah, God's faithfulness, yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts for us today, Shane? You know, I just think when, when I was thinking about this idea of enough, I want to walk in, in these four dimensions of the kingdom. Mm. Uh, I, I want to, to live a life of balance. I want to live a life of integrity. You know, enough means I don't want excess mm-hmm. and I don't want not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're hungry, you don't have enough. But if you've had too much, you don't have enough either. Yeah. How, how do we just live good, sane lives doing what God has asked us to do with a sense of joy and an authenticity. So for me, when we live in this way, we're always in touch with, with the God who's more than enough. Well, thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. If you'd like to hear more from Shane, go to RevShaneBishop.com. Again, you can search for his professional page on Facebook, Rev Shane L. Bishop there. Also, you can find me at RevMikeWu.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram uh, as well. Thank you for joining us, and make sure that you keep the change.